Okay, what's up everybody? What's up? Today is Monday. Uh, it's about 7 in the morning. It's uh, no, Cyber Monday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're out here, you know. Today is a new week. I got a busy week, I believe, ahead of me. Uh, I've got some stuff going on at my shop. And then out into the field and trying to hustle up a job or two before you know, the end of this week. Uh, but with that said, uh, we'll talk briefly about the Raiders' upsetting loss to uh, the Atlanta Falcons. They got schlacked. And even though I don't really want to talk about it, I mean, they just got that ass whipped. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I don't know what happened. Seemingly the defense played well, but the offense just... And it's perhaps, you know... You know, you never know what's going on. You got to tip your hat to Atlanta. They came out. They did what they needed to do. They forced five turnovers on us, which is something that um, the Raiders have been really good, especially Derek Carr. Uh, I know he's got, he fumbled it three times yesterday and then threw a pick six and another pick. Uh, That's not indicative of him this season. That's not indicative of how the offense plays. Uh, But Atlanta did their homework. And maybe they're just, Lane, you know, I guess they got a new coach and the defense is there and you know I don't I don't know. I mean I the Atlanta Falcons were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. For the most part, the core of the team stayed Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, you know, some of the defensive pieces and some of the other offensive pieces, you know, so I mean it is what it is, you know. Perhaps we didn't do our homework well enough, you know. But then again, there were three and seven, so perhaps, uh, perhaps we couldn't do enough homework on them to figure out what they were gonna do. But I think we we stifled them offensively as well. But they just whipped us defensively. So it is what it is. We lost forty three to six. Uh, pretty resounding victory for them. I, I think we had chances. We were in the game for about three quarters, and then it just got away. The pick six kind of broke the back of the Raiders, but then we just couldn't get anything going. Uh, just one thing after the other after the other. Josh Jacobs fumbled. I think Derek Carr had three or four turnovers himself, and then Jacobs had a turnover. Or maybe he had two turnovers. I'm not 100% sure. But it happens, so I'm not saying that I'm not... I'm not mad at the Falcons. I'm not really mad at anything. I just kind of like, well, I was disappointed. I thought we were going to come out on fire after just being within an eyelash of handing the Chiefs their second loss, and... I thought that was going to bode well for the rest of the season. I thought that was going to be our our call to, you know, arms. Like, all right, well, they let them get away. But, eh, whatever, whatever. I mean, I know I'm a lot of Raider Nation is up in arms, but I'm not. You're 6 5. Still have a chance to win out. I mean, the only other match that's even... To me, even I mean, see any given Sunday, but the Colts is the the one team on left on the schedule, and then the Dolphins. But I think we could beat the Dolphins because we play both both of those teams at home. So, with that said, the Raiders lost. Just lost. There's not much to talk about other than I thought we played well defensively. Uh, it was 16-3 at halftime, or 16-6 or something, and. Uh, before that pick six happened, I mean, we were right there. You know, within like 10 points or whatever, which is not a lot in the NFL. It's, that's a touchdown and a field goal. That's two possessions. You can, you can easily get a touchdown. Well, I mean, I mean, not yesterday, but and you can easily kick a field goal. So your team can't put up a touchdown like the Raiders. I mean, maybe they just, they just absolutely stunk the joint up, which is what the Raiders did. They stunk it up. Uh, but with all that said, uh, 
I'm going to talk about at length about One Piece. I'm going to do a, an episode designed for the majority of this episode about One Piece and where it's at, where it went, where I think it's going to go, you know, different things um, that I just want to talk about it because now that I've uh, I've finished, I finally finished all of, I guess, the season one that's on Netflix, the journey to the Grand Line. Uh, the assembling of their team, of the squad, and just the different things they came to face along the way. So, you know, I want to talk about that because season two, I, ju- I started watching season two, I probably like, um, and I don't know nothing about it. I just, a lot of, you know, I don't know nothing about it. I don't, you know, I know, I'm not familiar with what's going on. I, you know, online, when people talk about the animes, they bring up, you know, Luffy every so often and Zoro. And they just talk about One Piece being this one of the best, you know, animes out there, just story or whatever. Uh, just, kind of just like how Dragon Ball gets brought up often. And, you know, so does Pokemon gets brought up often as well as Naruto, you know. And I might do Naruto after I finish all of One Piece. Uh, you know, Bleach gets brought up a lot. You never know, since I really started watching anime in, in earnest to try to pick up the Japanese language, to get familiar with it, to hear it, and to like pick apart the words. Um, that's kind of where. Um, that's kind of just the goal, but I, you know, One Piece has been, and and I wasn't gonna do One Piece because it was so long. I wanted to wrap up all these ones that are shorter in duration. I could watch them, finish them, talk about them, you know. But I started One One Piece because it was just sitting there right in front of me. I mean, it was like, all right, well, let me, you know. Naruto, I don't know if Netflix has it. I think it's a I think they do, but they have some of the movies. I don't think they have the opening episodes. Uh, I'm not one of that in Dragon Ball would be hard to find as well. And Dragon Ball uh, would be one of those ones I believe that I'd have to start and figure out how I could watch it all before I, you know I catch up, which is be hard to do as well so but netflix has like the first two or three hundred episodes of one piece so i felt that that was okay to start there and then jump over to Crunchyroll and finish off the other five or six hundred that i got left to watch over there and i don't even know when one piece comes out you know no i don't know like they're gonna take me a minute to catch up with the fucking uh story you know the longest one I watched was probably my no, I don't know my Hunter Hunter went up to like one seventy or one hundred eighty episodes. I finished that one and I actually liked that. I started watching it a second time and got probably through like forty or fifty of the episodes before uh, I stopped watching it. But uh, JoJo's was kind of long. No, it wasn't really. I can't think of what other ones got that many episodes to it that I watched. Um, but yeah, the okay, but yeah, so one piece is it was just sitting in front of me, so that's kind of why I picked it. I was like, all right, well, I have it, you know. And I gotta say, in the beginning of it, I think the first. I don't know. 15, 20 episodes kind of... Actually kind of fucking suck. Uh, and when I mean they suck... I mean it kind of is like... The... The drawing aspect. I mean the actual look of... The anime. It looked like... They were on like... It looked like somebody did it. And it was like they turned in the rough draft. Like this, like the first twenty-five, maybe 
30, 40 episodes of it is like a rough draft. Like, it, it is the roughest of drafts. Like, the the backgrounds, like, like there'll just be like a background of a city in, especially like, <laughs> where they meet the fucking guy with the, the axe as a hand, who actually made a little appearance in season two. Um, like, it just looks like they scribbled some shit in the back and they just focused just on the characters and the voice. Very minimal music. Like, they, they, like, they was made on, like, literally, like, somebody did the service for free and then they, like, alright, they paid maybe for the voice and and they slapped it together and they're like, okay, this is a, a little animation. I, and I don't know, you know, you never know. I mean, I could tell you I want to start up a, a comic or a, a cartoon work on fucking like 30 episodes worth of it and then you know put it out then I get like three views or on YouTube or whatever you know and I understand that I, I so you don't want to blow your whole load like hey we got this cartoon like here's I don't know maybe they spent like a hundred thousand dollars you know, and they made it, and then they're like, all right, well, that's your budget. Get these first 30 or 40 episodes done, and if people are watching after the fact, you know, we'll give you, we'll let you give, we'll give you another 100000 to finish off the fucking, the other 30 episodes to get through your first season, you know, out the way. And we'll see at that point if you get a season two. So maybe that's something that happened, but I mean, visually, like, it's, fucking sucked and I the story was kind of dragging along as well like and I and you know maybe it's just because I wasn't used to it or what but I, I kind of feel like like yeah the story was dragging on they, they Luffy first he gets teamed up with Zoro that's his first uh, well actually I don't know if that's fucking even true Actually, Luffy's with Kobe and uh, the other little kid. And uh, then they they go rescue... Oh, actually... They just kind of stumble on... I think they stumble onto Zoro. And then they're like... You know, they're going to save him. And I don't know why Luffy decided to save him, but he just decided to save him. Uh, I don't remember because I don't really remember now. I watched that probably like three or four months ago. It's taken me this long to, you know, because I was watching like one episode here, one episode there, and then now that I finished off all these other animes that I was kind of intertwined with, I I just dedicated myself to finally watching season one in its entirety. Uh, but he saves Zoro, and then you know I don't know why. Zoro was arrested in the beginning. Uh, he was a bounty hunter. He wasn't a pi- he was a pirate hunter, so I don't get why the fuck he had beef with the navy. Um, but the navy had him, and they were gonna execute him or gonna leave him strung up to be executed. Uh, and Luffy intervenes and he beats the guy with the axe hand, and which I don't know his fucking name at this moment. Hem Hemlosop's kid or dad or whatever. And, uh, so he, Luffy saved Zoro. Zoro didn't need to be saving. And then he get, Zoro's got a funky ass three sword style, which, uh, it doesn't make any sense, but for cartoon's sake, it's kind of cool. <laughs> but he saves Zoro and that's how they gets Zoro. And I forget if, I think they run into Nami, Nami next. Nami's the third person they come across, and I'm gonna pause it right here because I gotta get to work. But when I get back, we're gonna t- I'm gonna talk about how he gets most of the team and and things like that. But now I'm gonna talk a little about Nami's story next. Hold up. Okay, so I'm back. So, well, I left off on them coming in contact with Nami. So Nami story from what I'm season one they did her entire introduction and her backstory 
all of it in one. Nami was kicking it with the buggy pirates and the buggy bomb and buggy the buggy the clown pirate. She was I don't know if she was kicking it with them or she was just trying to rob them. That's kind of her shtick. She she robs the pirates. She's a professional pirate thief. Um and she got a, a hundred million berries, or she got close to a hundred million berries before Arlong snatched it from her. But she got all those berries from robbing off the pirates, and she was kicking it with Buggy. But I'm not sure if she was kicking it with Buggy or if she was telling him. Now Buggy's story is not done. I don't believe in One Piece. From where I'm at, like I'm like. 10 or 15 episodes into season 2 of One Piece but Buggy uh, he thought he was tough shit and his powers are actually good because you can't cut the guy you can barely shoot him uh, and he has the ability to control his buggy parts from far away so he can like send a punch like flying through the air and hit you and then like choke you out with the hand and him not even being I don't know how what's his range for his buggy, his uh, uh, devil fruit powers, but they make a lot of sense as a as a superpower. He can, he has the ability to to detach his body parts from himself, so he can't really take damage, or he, in theory, he shouldn't. So, Luffy comes along and. I think the pirates are actually fucking up the town. And Luffy, for whatever reason, just like, now fuck this. And he picks a fight. He he picks a fight with Buggy. And he saves the town. Now he fucks up Buggy. But Buggy ends up... Because I think uh, Luffy goes for his uh, gum gum gatling. And he tries to fuck up the middle of Buggy. But Buggy sends the middle pieces of himself flying. And then he becomes like a small Buggy. And Luffy gets him when he's small form. And fucking flings him fucking out of orbit in with his small body. Leaving his, like his knee, his waist, his hips. And like some of his chest like in one area and the rest of the buggy's flying the other way and Nami I think was like okay he's cool I'll let him kick it for a little bit so from that point after they beat Buggy oh actually you know what I, I'm I'm mixed up no maybe I'm not mixed up okay I, I think at that point it's it's Zoro it's Luffy and Nami and they stumble onto another island where Usopp, son Captain Usopp, is at. And his story is he runs around the town claiming pirates are coming every day and they're sick of it. And then pirates do show up. Luffy shows up. He is a pirate. Obviously, he chose the pirate life. And nobody believes him. <laughs> so Usopp is kind of like bummed about that a little bit. But Usopp, uh, he's in kind of in love with some girl, and the butler, which you find out the later, the butler that's in charge of this mansion that she's super rich. He's actually Captain Kudo, and he's another famous pirate. Anyways, they they run through. Usopp's little story right there. He's attached to the girl. He's got his own little squad of Usopp pirates. They're little kids that are kind of on his team, sort of. Uh, Usopp stumbles upon... I don't know if he stumbles upon the planet or, or who stumbles upon it. It could be Usopp or Luffy. Stumbles upon the plan that Captain Kudo, which I think is, um, I forgot what name he, he wants to go by. 
But his plan is he'd been working for this this girl and her father for like three years and he was quietly killing off all the help and he was planning on uh, getting this fucking guy Django to hypnotize her into signing over a will to Captain Kudo he was gonna inherit like I don't know 100 million berries too or some shit they made it seem like it was her entire fortune which was a lot and he was going to kill her off after that fact and he was going to be and he was going to ditch the pirate life that was Captain Kudo's fucking plan Usopp and Luffy get wind of this and Usopp is he goes to tell the girl that this is going to happen I forget her name but she don't believe him as a matter of fact nobody believes him except for Luffy because Luffy heard about it and Django and, and Kudo basically told him well there's nothing he can do about it because he's one pirate versus they had there was a whole squad of them out, sea, out at sea and there was a whole they were going to fuck up the whole town and, and kill everybody and uh, it was going to leave him without question as a cap, as as the sole inheritor of of this wheel money that they had going. So the whole thing goes by. The plan comes to fruition. Luffy gets Usopp, Nami, and Zoro, Zoro, to uh, stand up. And in, and at first, I think. Nami and Zoro end up apart, but uh, initially it's Luffy and Usopp that are fighting Kudos gang. Are actually fighting the cat dudes. I don't forget who the fuck they're what what their actual names are too. Some cat dudes, and uh, they're fighting them. And then Captain Kudo shows up, and he starts fucking up. I think he starts who does he fuck up? He fucks up his own people. And he starts fucking up Luffy a little bit. And, uh... Django gets dealt with by Zoro and... I think Nami. If I'm not mistaken. But Luffy ends up fucking up Captain Kuro. And he fucks up the rest of the Django pirates. I think it was Django, J-A-N-G-O. Well, he was a hypnotist, but he didn't have no devil fruit powers, I don't think. Uh, to this point, only Buggy had devil fruit powers like Luffy. I think. Could be wrong. But anyways, uh, they end up handling that situation right there. And Nami and them it's Nami, Usopp, Zoro, and Luffy are like oh they're gonna head out to sea and they go on like this big adventure Nami has her own little plans but basically Usopp Luffy and Zoro are in and they get to I forget they get to uh, the floating restaurant and it looks like a big fish restaurant and on that restaurant in particular that's where they meet Sanji Sanji is fucking the cook and they meet him there uh, actually they, I don't think they were going to stop there but I think they did stop and the Navy fired at the crew and Luffy, Luffy tried deflecting the cannonball but it hit the it hit the The ship, the ship, the cook ship. I forget what the fuck that ship is called. I, I, I anyway, a lot, of, a lot of this happened. Anyways, at this ship, Sanji, Sanji makes his presence known, and he's got the kicks of fucking death. Zoro, Zoro had flashed a little bit of his sword power and his three, three sword technique, but it really didn't come to fruition until they get to where Sanji's at. And Nami's story doesn't really happen until they pass. 
where we're at, where I'm talking about right now, where they're picking up Sanji. Sanji's whole story from the past to how he got to where he's at and where he wants to go all happened right then. I think they spend about 15 episodes on where Sanji's at. He's a premier cook. Uh, he's got the kicks of death because the captain of that ship was actually a pirate captain turned into a pirate uh, into a a chef on the sea and his whole reason for it being was sometimes pirates are on the borderline starving and he said he wished there was a place where people could go get something to eat in case they were stranded at sea they could get something to eat if they were running out of food but they wouldn't starve so they show Sanji's previous story to where he was a kid and he was a de- I think he was a deckhand on the main captain ship and I forget what his name was uh, but he only had one leg but he had the kicks of death too he had the mightiest kicks in all the I think it's the east blue I think that's where they're at the east blue could be the west blue I'm not sure which blue sea they're on there's the four there's the east west north and south blue seas they're all separated by the Grand Line and some mountains that you can't get across. So, out, there's the East Blue, West Blue, North Blue, South Blue, and there's the All Blue Seas. There's actually five seas. And then there's the Calm Belt and the Grand Line. Um, but either way, I think they're on the East Blue to start, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so they talk about it. Here and there and everywhere, and they're supposed to. You're supposed to kind of remember it. Uh, but I think they're on the East Blue. Anyway, so that captain, he was a fierce pirate, and he had the kicks of death. And he said, the reason why he was able to have the kicks of death was because he was a like ninety percent of the time he wanted to be a chef, so he didn't want to fuck up his hands because the hands you need to cook. So he learned how to fucking just kick the shit out of everybody just using his his kicks of death. And that's how Sanji learned under him. And when they were I guess when Sanji and that and that guy were like younger in age, they uh their ship was down somewhere and they got strand stranded out at sea. Uh for they make it seem like a month and they were like living on rations of food. And basically starving. And at that point, they, uh, you know, Sanji learned the importance of food and also learned the importance of what it was going to take to be a pirate. And, and so he had his, his training, like, done. Um, so that, that all happens. And then they flash forward back to, Nowadays, uh, the Navy captain comes in and demands food, but he ends up wasting the food, and Sanji doesn't like that. Sanji isn't a big fan of wasting food. And he lets that Navy captain know, which in turn sets off a chain of events to where the Navy's at this ship. Luffy and his crew are there. The, the, The chefs at that particular restaurant are all pirates as well. But they're more chefs than they are pirates. And then Don Krieg's crew comes in. And they're starving. And he, and Don, there's actually, I actually like, this is where I thought the story, this is about 30 or 40 episodes into it. This is where I actually thought it started getting really better here because he had already got a sprinkling, like I said, of Soap, Nami, Zoro. Uh, Luffy and, and now you, you learned a little bit about Sanji's story but then you started seeing that the Navy is on their shit there's other pirates out there it's not like Luffy's the first pirate actually he's like he's at the back end of a long list of pirates just in the East Blue let alone all the other blues in the Grand Line and, uh, and Gold Roger and all them uh, so 
Don Krieg's crew rolls up and they're starving as well. And they're, you know, their whole crew was decimated in the Grand Line. Uh, which you come to find out that Sanjay ends up feeding his guy, those guys. They, he asked him for a hundred meals for all his people and he wanted it like free. And, and while most of the people disagreed, Sanjay said, you know what? If they're that hungry, they're starving, borderline death, they just need some food and cooking. They, he cooks it and then Don Creek ends up betraying all this trust. Like, Tells him, oh, why would you feed him? Now they're now that his guy, now that now that Don Krieg's uh, crew had eaten, now they got all this strength. They were gonna their ship, their main ship had been fucked up, and now that they were they were gonna um, take over the ship at sea. That was a restaurant. There was a restaurant at sea, in the middle of the sea, as a matter of fact. They were going to use that ship to take to run back into the Grand Line and try to fight and find the guy that fucked up their ships initially. When everybody gets to asking, how could a one, how could an entire fleet of ships, and Don Creek had a, a big ass ship and then he had a small fleet of ships, how could that guy? Be wiped out in the Grand Line, and I don't even think they reached the Grand Line. As a matter of fact, I think they were on the way to the Grand Line before he got fucked up. And he tells them, "Look, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't the storm. It wasn't the sea. It wasn't anything." He said it was a guy in a small boat with a sword that completely decimated Don Creek's whole fleet. And that that tunes Zoro in. Zoro gets. I, actually, Zoro's name is Rorono, Rorona, Rorona Zoro. I forget his name. How to say his name? Rorona, Rorona, Zoro. Anyways, he knows exactly who it is because he's te- he's chasing. That exact guy That's the strongest man In the whole world With the sword And they call You know he, he Come to find out His name is uh, I I call him Mihawk Mihawk Kokai uh, But they call it, They end up calling him Mihawk Later on um, That guy Is the number one swordsman In the world And Zoro he set out on his quest before he was captured and before Luffy saved him. He was hunting him down uh, because he wanted to be the number one swords dude, swords wield in the whole world. And they get into they get into Zoro's a little bit of his backstory that he was training with a girl who, uh, at like twenty years, I guess before. I, I don't know how old Zoro is, but he's got to be at least twenty. He may not be, but I wouldn't. I was led to believe that he's like at least 20 he's, he's definitely older than Luffy And I think he's older than everybody else uh, I think Could be wrong I could be wrong Don't don't take my word for it But anyways He's training And he wants to be He goes to a dojo And he wants to be the number one swordsman At that dojo But this guy's daughter is like the number one student and she's actually stronger than most adults but she can't compete because she can't prove her talents because the world won't let a girl be the number one swordsman this that and other thing so she had all the the reason to train and she ends up dying and I actually heard Zoro Zoro tried to beat her like 10 times and lost all 10 times he developed his three sword technique. He still was unable to get through her her one sword uh, technique, and he lost her. They made it seem like he lost her like a shitload of times, at least ten times or twenty times. And then they used real swords at the end, and he wasn't no nowhere near closer to beating her than he was with the wooden swords. So he failed, but you know he had kept trying. He had passed. 
all the people at that dojo, he had passed all their skill level. And he was just behind her. And he had trained and he had become probably the number two. Definitely in the young kids. And I think she was on her way to becoming... If she was stronger than him at his current state, she would be closer to Mihawk than he was. And... But he got his ass kicked by Mihawk too. Um, so Zoro, you know, they, they show his little backstory. This flash forward to, and he ends up... Don Krieg shows up and starts fucking shit up. And Sanji... And Luffy, you know, are standing up for the ship. And, and as a matter of fact, Luffy gets pegged with the task to help rebuild the ship because he actually, one of the cannonballs that the Navy fired hit that Luffy deflected. It hit that ship and he was like, that the main captain wanted to put him as a slave for like a whole year. And he was like, what about one week? And he was like, no, no, a year. He's like, okay, two weeks. And then they had a little fight in the ship. And then he tells that guy, okay, if I beat Don Krieg, you know, I don't have to pay you anything. And he was like, okay, do it. So Sanji ends up fighting Don Krieg's secondhand man. The guy he saved initially fed him. He was the one that actually told, told Don, Don Krieg to get over there. And they would cook for him. Anyways, Luffy takes on Don Krieg. And then... Out of nowhere, Mihawk shows up. And Zoro is, like, looking for his ass. So, I don't know. It, it, there's, like, three battles going on. They make it seem like... I think... I think Zoro and Mihawk kick off their battle first. And Zoro gets his ass whipped. Uh, Mihawk... He, and he pulls out, like, a fucking pocket knife <laughs> to take on Zoro and his three sword technique and he fucks Zoro up the, the level between them two is not even close but Mihawk tells him like okay like I can see the skill I can see this I can see that you're motivated by something other than just you know what one will believe just to be the best swordsman in the world like I'm gonna let you live don't forget this because you're not far you're not far off but you need to get obviously more experience and you need to uh, you know basically you gotta work your way up to my level basically what he told him he lets him live and I think Mihawk fucks up Don Creek's ship again like he cut all their ships in half and then he fucking he left them basically like in shambles after he rolled through the second time after that point Sanji beats who he's supposed to beat barely he got he takes some fucking shots to the ribs and he gets fucked up and then they leave Don Creek to battle Luffy and Luffy's got the devil fruit powers and they score off. Now that that battle to me wasn't as good as Zoro's battle, and it wasn't as good as. Well, I mean, maybe it was as good as Sanji's battle. But Sanji's got a f- funny way of fighting, and Luffy, Luffy doesn't fuck up Don Krieg immediately. It takes him a minute to to get serious and uh, and fight Don Krieg, and then eventually beat him. But he does beat him. He breaks his armor, his unbreakable armor. He breaks it. Uh, he takes all of his fucking weapons and he beats Don Creek. He just, he flat out beats him. He, uh, he beats him and all the crew. I think they get arrested. I'm not 100% sure what happens to the Navy and Don Creek. Don Krieg, uh, I'm not sure exactly what happens to him, but they spend one episode on cleanup, and they pretty much they let Sanji or Sanji ends up joining 
Luffy's team. So then it becomes the five, and that's their their base. To me, that's the base team of this whole thing. And actually, that whole that whole part of the show was really good. I felt that they turned the corner there because the the fighting was a little bit better. The story picked up immensely, uh, and then there was enough like random shit going on. There's enough comedy. Usopp was right there, like wilding out. And I think I think actually Nami, Jack, Luffy, and company, and took off to sea, but somehow she went to. Uh, Arlong's fucking camp But anyways I think she ditched them And uh, Like I said At this point when they fight Don Creek The, the graphics get a little better There's a lot more people involved and, I, and just everything gets a little bit more better Like 30-40 episodes in It's like the budget increased a little bit uh, Anyways So the core main, The main core is Usopp, Sanji, Nami, and Zoro. Now, after they beat Don Creek, they end up going. They spend like two episodes, and they travel over to. They're they're going to look for Nami. Is what they're going to do. Ooh. They locate her, and she's at a village. And they run up on Arlong. In his, I think what it's called Arlong City or the Fishman City or whatever, but they run up there, and then that's where they get into a little bit of Nami's backstory. And like I just talked in the other episode, uh, Nami's backstory involves Bella Marisan in Nojiko, Nojiko in Jinsan. But Nojiko is her sister. Bellamed San was the mom or her adopted parents. Anyways, Nami and her sister were. I don't know what happened to their parents. I think they talked about it momentarily, but. Bellamed San was. Uh, a Marine. And she ends up adopting. Nami and sister and raises him for a number of years and you know Nojiko and Nami are you know they're the typical sister Nami's the younger sister but anyways the Arle, Arlong and his fishmen show up to the city when Nami is young and basically he demands that everybody put up like a hundred thousand berries per person. If they can pay it, they can pay it. If not, they're gonna, you know, he's gonna kill them. There's nothing that they can do because the fishmen are like they make it seem like the fishmen are ten times as strong as humans. Man, they, these motherfuckers can lift the house up with their bare hands and flip it over like a whole house, not just like a couch. That's the strength of of Arlong and his fishman squad. Anyways, they put the whole village, the Kokiyashi village or whatever village, and initially, Gensong, uh, he's hiding Nami and Nojiko from Belamere because they roll up and it's, she don't have enough money to pay the 200,000 to, uh, to the fishman, so he's hiding them at first. They end up finding out that that's her and her kids, and she's got a hundred thousand, but she can't afford everybody. And they end up fucking blasting her. Nami watches Arlong and company blast the mom, or her adopted mom, and kill her. And then Somehow she ends up joining Arlong's crew as a I want to say it's a cartographer, a chartographer, maybe a cartographer for eight years. 
And the mean and all this time she's drawing the maps for Arlon. She's getting a detailed she serves him for eight years. You know, the flash forwards to present. And she comes back, this is eight years after the fact. She's been hiding all the berries that she's been stealing from other pirates. And Arlong, you know, is like right there still in charge and he pretty much tells her like, you know. You know, how have you been not me? This and that and the other thing, you know, the, is the deal still on? He tells her, yeah, he's a man about money. He's not about, um, he's not about cheating, this and that. So he just wants money. He wants money in, in order to, he's trying to build a, like a grand fleet and rule the entire East, the East Blue Sea. Well, anyways, Luffy and company roll up. And they find Nami. They beat some big ass cow, the sea cow, beat the fuck out of it in the middle of the ocean. And that was like Arlong's like guard dog, so to speak. Well, anyways, when they meet up with Arlong, Arlong finds out that Luffy, Zoro, and Usopp are Nami's kind of friends, and he goes to fucking uh, find them and they're they're looking for him and there's a whole thing like everybody's looking for each other but they don't know who's who and and that sort of toss up happens for a little bit but they uh, Nami I think actually has the 100 million berries that she was gonna used to pay off her city but Arlong fucking jacks her well actually he has a pirate or actually a navy dude jack her and then he was gonna get a cut of it and he tells Nami like hey you know what let's just save it up again another 8 years and she kind of flips out at Arlong because he went back on his word and she kind of is more into the into Luffy squad at that point so at that point and this and I'm not telling it straight through because there's it flips back and forth between Nami's backstory the village Arlong they're tying with it um what's happening when they first initially land at at Arlong's land Arlong the Arlong camp or whatever it is and and then out of nowhere, Zoro, Luffy, and Sanji pick a fight, and and Yusuf pick a fight with the fishmen. Now to me, this is this is like again, it starts getting really good because this is closer towards the end of the first season. Like this is probably like episodes like late thirties to the early fifties. Like it's not exactly ending the, the season after this but when they get to Arlong's uh, place they uh, they squabble they squabble with him uh, Zoro takes on the octopus man Sanji takes on some dude with these fucking fins on his arm that are like razor sharp and Luffy wants to fight uh, Arlong himself now Arlong is the baddest of the fishmen. He's basically he's a I think he's like a shark. And uh He yeah, they fight it out. They Zoro fucks up they and, and they take turns fucking each other up. Zoro fucks up the octopus man and um Sanji squabbles with the... I don't know what he is, but he's like... He looks like a... Not quite like a sumo wrestler, but like a Japanese fighter. And he's a shark. I don't know if he's a shark, but they make him seem like he's got these razor sharp fins. So he... They're fighting right there. Uh, Luffy fucks up Arlong initially. And he gets his feet stuck in the concrete and they toss him to the bottom of the ocean. But they keep him alive. They stretch out his neck. 
and they pull it and they keep him alive. Meanwhile, Usopp find ends up fighting with, with B like a squid dude. Uh, so he's fighting him, and now everybody they they get fighting for a minute. Nami is kind of like on the sidelines watching all this happen, and basically it comes down to they end up freeing Luffy from the bottom of the ocean, and he comes up. And it's basically Luffy versus Arlong. And that battle's pretty good. I gotta say, Arlong, if he wasn't so cocky to begin with, he probably would have won. And I think if Luffy would would have taken it a hair more seriously, he probably would have won quicker. But they uh they squabble it out over, over a couple of episodes and eventually Luffy ends up winning. He ends up tapping Arlong's ass. He he they fight up in Nami's um in Nami's room that she had for eight years where she would draw the maps. And Luffy ends up fucking up the entire Arlong ca- camp in one he called it the the gum gum battle axe. It's just his or his battle chop is just his leg extending and he chops and he fucks up the whole camp. Um and he ends up beating Arlong. At which point, when they when that whole story is wrapped up, they uh the Navy sits down and puts a thirty million berry bounty, dead or alive, on Luffy on Luffy's head. Uh, and that to me was like okay, like he had crossed the path. Like they put up that he beat Don Creek, that he beat Buggy. He beat, and he would he in effect turned into be the number one pirate after beating Arlong. He in effect became the number one pirate in all of East Blue. Uh, obviously, hasn't been to the West Blue or South or North Blue or the Grand Line, but he's the number one pirate in the East Blue. And they put the bounty. They say they're gonna put the bounty. That high to, to stomp him out when he's still young. But they don't want uh, him to flourish more. Uh, after that, Nami joins the squad full time. She's now part of the casting crew. Uh, her and San- Sanji's got a thing for her. Sanji's got a thing for anybody, pretty, but he's got a thing for her. And. Uh, Usopp is still kind of like a nerd. Usopp is the nerd of the... Well, actually, he's the cornball one of the group. Luffy's kind of like the airhead. Zoro's the serious one. Sanji's the romantic. And Nami is just kind of like the girl to the whole thing. So, at that point, they head out to Logetown. Uh, they were going to head straight for the Grand Line, but they head to Logetown. Uh, I think to gather supplies to get into the Grand Line, and le- they end up going because that's where Gold Roger was born and executed. Uh, they get to that, and a- and a lot of stuff happens there that actually ends up leading to them getting into the Grand Line. Uh, they find out more people have got Devil Fruit powers, and then. One of the Navy dudes, uh, Captain Smoker, uh, he has Devil Fruit powers, and and basically, I think I think that kind of sets Luffy on his path. Uh, they set him on his path going forward when he gets to Logetown because he meets a guy who actually served at the bar, some old dude. Uh, they actually served um, Gold Roger, and he had told Luffy that he was going out of business because the pirates just after that guy went in there, and then he came and was executed. There wasn't any pirates that were um, that he felt that were worthy of being called a pirate. A lot of them were cowards. A lot of them are just in it for money. A lot of them are. Picking on the innocent, you know, when I think the overall goal of the story is 
and this is kind of how I feel that Luffy's taking this approach and his squad is they're on an adventure. Of course, they're going to need to. They're going to be outside of the law because the law had been kind of corrupt. The Navy's kind of corrupt, which was the case with Arlong in the Navy. They had a little deal, the shady back deal. And so sometimes you need a little bit of law, out somebody outside the law to help. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, I feel that the story of Luffy is that he's kind of not a, he's not a, um, he's not a pirate like you would think like that's just pillaging and and taking shit from people he's he's on an adventure he's more of an adventurous and there's nothing that really can take that away from him because he's he's looking at his trip as more of an an adventure and he you know he's he's helping out who he feels he could help out based on what's going on it's not based off of any sort of financial or anything um it's just he's on an and on an adventure and he just so happens to be on a pirate ship and he wants to be the the king of the pirates that's his goal so all that said uh buggy and a couple other pirates show up and uh They try to they try to fuck up Luffy right then and there in Logetown, but he ends up Luffy ends up getting help from a random pirate. Which they didn't get back to. I'm hoping he's gonna make an appearance later. Uh, because Captain Smoker had Luffy beat not only just skill, but he didn't even need his his devil fruit powers to fuck up. Luffy. Uh he got Luffy with the devil fruit powers, but he didn't he didn't need to. He was basically he had him down and out just just by the fists. And I think Captain Smoker probably was a pirate at one point. And he ends up seeing Luffy and he kinda of reminded of the day that they executed Gold Roger. You know, he was smiling on top of the execution. Um scaffold. And I actually don't think Gold Rogers is dead. Because they shanked him, but he was smiling. So it would lead me to believe that he probably isn't dead. He probably has devil fruit powers where he can cheat death. Maybe that's why he's the king of the pirates. And I think the thing is... And this is just my early speculation. I think he's probably trying to give up the mantle to another pirate to get the One Piece. But just like... Jin did with Gone. He put a certain amount of obstacles in the front of him before he could get to that level of okay, you earned this. And the only way he can do it in in Gone could only achieve it because he thought it was fun. Uh, I think that's what Luffy's going to the approach to Luffy's. Going. Maybe maybe Hunter Hunter piggybacks off of One Piece a little bit, but it's it's completely different. Um, the Hunter Hunter uh, exam is a lot different than Luffy just wanted to be a pirate uh, and now he is a pirate and there's a whole exam you have to pass to get your hunter license and you know then the Greed Island and all that and then the, the factions of the other hunters uh, Trollo's whole gang the Phantom Trope are they're a sinister. They're more kind of like a mob. So it's a, it's a lot different, but the kind of the they're kind of similar characters. Where I think Luffy sees this as an adventure. And I think the original Jolly jo- Gold Roger um, probably was an adventure too. But he put so many. He, I think it's going to become there's a million obstacles. In the way. So if you really want it. You can get it. But. It's a big adventure. Anyways. After they get done in Logetown. Um, I, and, I, and I just skimmed through that. Because a lot actually happened. Buggy comes back. 
Uh, Sanji has a cook-off with another girl that can cook. Uh, they actually find a fish from the West Blue and Elephant Tuna. Uh, they, uh, they talk about, you know, getting into the Grand Line. They leave, they've, they, they come across this girl called Apis. And she escapes the Navy ship. And I think her story is going to come back around. Because I think this this little piece of story that only happened for like six or seven episodes. Actually has a lot to bear on. And, what I, and I think it actually had a lot to do with Gold Roger. Because Oppies and the Millennial Dragon... The Navy was after her because one of the Navy captains found out that the Millennial Dragons, there's an uh, an elixir uh, that grants you basically eternal life, and and I think that's what Gold Roger has. He I don't like I don't think he's dead. I think he may have some sort of after completing the adventure after being close to dying so many times. I believe. He probably has some sort of immortal life, and that and that actually is most pirates. If you think of Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Jack Sparrow was searching left and right for a way to be immortal, um, so that he couldn't die. Uh, whether it was a the uh, Awa de Vida and the Caribbean, or whether it was. Uh, taking the heart of of Davy Jones or whatever the case was, there they brought up the fact that there is an elixir, and they 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 didn't so much as show that there was, but they are talking about it. This guy said that there was an elixir that comes from the Millennial Dragons that grants you, and maybe it's not immortality, but maybe it grants you like a thousand year life. So I think. That that's a possibility now. That's what that whole Millennial Dragon story, I think, was basically what I took from it. Uh, they rescue this Millennial Dragon. They set him free. He dies and the life continues. But this Millennial Dragon had properties to where uh, you get immortality from this elixir derived from one. And I think that's going to be a key going forward. I think Luffy probably going to end up getting it, even though he doesn't want it. Uh, but I think he's going to end up getting it. And when all is said and done, and I and I just skipped over that too, basically. But, you know, this episode is going to run long. So what I'm trying to say is they do that. And after they get done with the Millennial Dragon, that whole setup, then they run into... The reverse mountains and into the Grand Line. And I actually like the fact... They, they fight some guy. He's, he's got some slash powers. And... Uh, he... Uh, they, they kick him into the water. And he's like... Well, he can't swim anyways. <laughs> so... But they, they cross the reverse mountains. And they get into the Grand Line. And that's where I'm at now. I just... They just... They got done with this big ass well and they crossed and they're running into some other fucking thing and these other people that got devil fruit powers and I see where that goes but uh that was basically season one. Season one basically ended with them just finally getting into the Grand Line. After they talked a lot about it in all of season one, they finally got to the Grand Line. So, with that said, uh, we'll see how next week goes with this Raider game. And we'll see what happens. It happens, man. It happens. So, you know, it. maybe I'll watch season two. I'll try to binge watch it. And uh, we'll see how season two goes. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that next week. Maybe the Raiders will, will get back on track and beat the Jets. Uh, but 
I also watched Gemini Man, but I didn't really care for it. So if you're out there and you hear this, Gemini Man to me was eh, it was only so-so. It wasn't as good as it looked on the trailers. Like everything you saw in the trailers was basically the highlight of the movie. So it wasn't that good. Uh, but yeah, that's One Piece in a nutshell. They gathered up the team and they finally made it into the Grand Line. And with that said, I'm out, you guys. Um, and also, towards the end of this, the graphics and, and the way it looks actually got really better. So, uh, if you want, you got to give it a little time. You got to let the, the One Piece cook because it gets really good towards the end of season one. And into season two, it's really good. Uh, now that they're not jumping back and forth between everybody's backstory every five seconds, uh, the story is kind of just going straight. They're doing things and and so on and so forth. So and that's it, you guys. If you guys are out there, this is my One Piece Season 1 recap. Uh, I'll get to Season 2 as soon as I can. I'm going to try to watch Season 2 as quickly as I can. And, uh, you know, that'll be that. I'm out, you guys. Catch you guys later.